Want to start your own podcast? Anchor makes it super easy. Here's what you need to know about Anchor. Most importantly, it's free. Second, there are tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast to numerous platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. You can make money from your podcast with minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a quality podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or visit anchor.fm to get started. Francesca Brenda Apoku is a social entrepreneur and chief executive officer of Solutions Oasis Limited, a Ghanaian agro-processing company that manufactures the beauty secrets, exotic man, and the Kipenzi ranges of natural beauty products from shea butter and agricultural waste. Francesca is a key advocate of capitalism with a conscience. She actively invests in her community and people by working with several women's cooperatives across Ghana, whom she trains and uplifts socially and economically. Her thriving business is a fabric finely woven out of a combination of best business practices, traditional production processes, scientific research, and business incubation for women and youth. She feels it is a responsibility to share these experiences wherever it will serve as means to empower others. She is a graduate of the University of Ghana Business School and fellow of the Vital Voices Global Leadership Program. Welcome to the show, Francesca. Um, In episode one, we introduced you to or um, inaugural guest Funlayo Alabi, who was the inspiration for this podcast. And in that discussion, we also referenced Francesca Opoku, who is Funlayo's collaborator and competitor. And so I think one of the important themes between these two episodes is collaborate to compete, which is something that Funlayo mentioned, which I think is a very important concept in entrepreneurship. And in terms of women's entrepreneurship, because there has been this tendency or sort of this overture that women are always competing with each other, Mm -hmm. but to show a different side of that where women are collaborating to compete. And I think that the story between Funlayo and Francesca is a very powerful example of how women can come together as collaborators um, and also as competitors and win together. I really like the story that Francesca and um, Funlayo sort of put together as a, as a team. And also I think that Francesca's energy and enthusiasm and spirit will come through this podcast because she's such a powerhouse. But another area that I think she sort of exemplifies is just the way that she's been able to sort of take all her experiences, both in the private sector and now as an entrepreneur, kind of weave them together and use that to also be a teacher. So I know that she's a teacher in the Shea space and um, I just think she's got such a valuable gift of knowledge and expertise, but also in just such a fun, dynamic, creative powerhouse of a lady so I'm really looking forward to chatting with her further and just 
delving a little bit deeper into some of their challenges and opportunities in the space. So without further ado, Francesco Poco. Thank you very much, Michelle and Lydia. All right. It's great to have you here. So Indeed. why don't we talk a little bit about your personal journey and what has got you to where you are today as the phenomenal businesswoman that you are? Well, it's been a very exciting um, and jerky journey, but I love all of it. Um, I came out of business school and uh, did a bit of um, corporate Ghana. I must say that I was doing very well there, but um, I do have a restless soul. And um, I also had some things in mind I had always wanted to do. So in the year 2002, I thought the time was right. Today, I do not know whether that time was right, but well, at that time I thought it was right. And uh, sometimes I actually think I should have done it earlier, but well, I eventually did. I started off with um, a small branding business and um, I was doing very well until 2008 when I ordered some dated items which arrived late, not due to my recklessness, it just happened. Um, Business is risky and it was one of the things that went bad and that was... um, the beginning of all the hardships I've never seen in the world. And that was the beginning of all the big um, conquests also that I've never seen. So that was when um, Solution Oasis and Beauty Secrets was born. So Beauty Secrets was born, you know, we started off in 2008. I must say that I spent two solid years in my preparatory time you know, in terms of business planning and logistics and trying to start off. And I actually kicked off with um, production in 2010. So that is a long time for a small business, you know, to spend um, incubating and preparing. And uh, over the years, we have been curating the best um, handmade products from Ghana, from um, shea butter as a base and other... African oils and butters and herbs. And um, I have a brand called Beauty Secrets. And uh, beyond that, I've been doing a number of things with some great people, you know, all over the world. I'm sure we'll get to talking about that. So yeah, that has been the journey. Thank you so much, Francesca. And I remember the first time I met you and just your exuberance and your energy and your passion for life and that really I think is what comes through in terms of your products um, and in terms of the services that you provide Um, and one thing that really sort of strikes me about you is how much of a teacher you are to other people who are working in this industry but my next question to you is you know what have you learned as an entrepreneur and and what do you think are the things about entrepreneurship that you know you wish someone had told you before you got started so um as an entrepreneur i've learned that a lot is possible i have learned that with 
passion and perseverance, a lot can be done. I have learned that I'm stronger than I could have ever imagined. Amen. But I have also learned that most of the people before us and now do not tell the whole story. And I think it's very unfair. It's very important. They tell the whole story, not to scare others, but to mentally prepare them and let them know, you know, that it's not going to be smooth and beautiful because you hear people being interviewed and they're like, oh, if I came again, I'll do this again. It's been amazing. I've achieved that. I've achieved this. You get it. I could also go ahead and count what I've achieved, which I do because I do that to encourage people. But I also wish somebody had been honest and said, you know, um, it's going to get lonely up there. Um, it's going to get difficult. You're going to spend nights in tears. Um, mm. you, you're going to get so stressed that nothing else matters and you think the world is coming to an end just because you're doing this. Nobody told me that there'll be a time when you feel like the sky is falling, you know, and I think that um, all of these must be told in a positive way um, and also adding solutions as these are being told so that when people get there, they know this is normal and I'm not in shock. Because for me, for a number of times, I was in shock. And uh, a, num some, a lot of times I tell people that um, when you ask people whether they ever felt like um, putting an end to this, a lot of them will be like, oh, I love this thing so much. It's my passion and um, um, once in a while. But if you ask me, I'll truthfully tell you that so many times I have wondered whether I'm in the right place. And so many mm. times I've looked at how much work I've put in. I've looked at the value I've created in myself and in others. I've looked at the people that depend on me because I'm just cracking this nut. And then that keeps me. So it's that's the resilience to keep going. Precisely. It's, it's a very balanced thing to keep going. There's nothing like um, mm. this is a super sweet highway. And when you get it all there, laurels would be following you. Um, I think it, it may be possible for some people, you know, you know, you know, there are some who start their business with everything properly worked out and thought out, you know, and they start with all the resources and they are able to follow their milestones. And so um, even if they have hitches, it may not be the same as those of us who are flying the plane whilst we are building it. And what I do right. by flying the plane whilst we are building it is uh, you don't have everything and yet you cannot wait. And so you are turning around what it is you have and you have to do that until, you know, uh, you hit it or you get rescued. Right. So, so, so I'd like to dig, dig a little bit into that. So, you, you know, you had a business school background, as you mentioned, um, you'd had some experience, I think, in marketing. Is that right? right? And so, you know, with that knowledge, you kind of took, you know, you, you started and you kind of moved forward. Um, what, looking back on that time now, what are the things that you feel like, okay, it would have been really great to have, like, you know, 
a background in finance or a background in um, accounting? Is, is there anything that you look back and think, hmm, that would have been a really great skill to have mastered? Whether it, it's a, a soft or a hard skill, I'm just curious. Um, fortunately, um, because, you know, um, um, I, I, I got to the, a higher level in the corporate world where I was making decisions and was like generally uh, managing a section of the business, you know, from beginning till end. So which meant I looked at the books, um, I did the budgets, um, I, I worked with employees, I had to see to um, inventory and sales and incentives and all of that. Um, I had had a little chance to practice before starting. But the truth is that <laughs> when you are doing it for somebody, that somebody is the one who spends the sleepless nights making sure that the resources are available for you to be able to shine. Sure. If you are good, yes. So then it becomes a totally different ball game. And um, mm. you work hard, you get some results, but the number of knocks you and bangs you get on your head are so many. You know, you get dazed several times. And um, talking about the skill sets, you know, because the world is uh, moving forward, especially in these days of technology, um, the thing really is to keep training and training and training. And uh, in my case, where, where I feel this is too much for my head, I have found people from outside to resolve, you know, some of the issues, you know, when it comes to things like formulation and the technical staff, you know, um, trying to figure out which equipment and all of that. Those are things that I'm trying to learn on the job, but can never do as well as somebody who's been trained for them. And um, when I can afford it, I have, you know, um, hired the experts or um, I've used my networks to also, you know, get some of these um, um, competencies to help me go along. Francesca, that's wonderful. I think a lot of people are going to benefit from this demystification of entrepreneurship that you're, you're doing right now, because I think especially for a lot of younger people like youth entering the entrepreneurship space, I think it's critical that they get a very clear understanding of the challenges that are ahead and what they need to do to circumvent those challenges. And also that entrepreneurship is not a thing that you do alone. It's a thing that you need support um, to do. And you talked about that, like not having all of the expertise that is needed and having to either outsource and pay others to do things and then partner and use your networks when necessary. But there's also another level of difficulty and challenge to entrepreneurship and that's around funding um Ooh. do you mind <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, we, heard, we heard that yell oh my gosh so would you mind telling us um sharing with us some of the challenges you've had around growing and scaling your business and it will, it will raise yeah. you from the dead. You're it, right. It's can. Um, it it's a part of the business that is very difficult to figure out from the start. 
Um, a lot of small businesses start out of passion. Um, they start out of hope and excitement. And um, most of us started off, you know, um, with very little and it kept building up. And then you feel encouraged and you continue going. But several times along the line, especially when you have to scale, um, there are so many things you have to look at. You know, in my case, I tried not to blind myself, put on blinkers and believe that funding is the only thing you need to scale. But I remember that I got to a certain point, I was like, you know what? I have used all the other resources. I've done all the training I need to do. Uh, I've used all the social capital I have. I've used all the bootstrapping I can uh, get. I have made use of all the family and friends. And unfortunately, I never got the chance to meet any fools. So um, I didn't get any to come <laughs> I guess you all. didn't meet me back then, uh, Francesca. Once you try, once you try Francesca's you products, know? there are no fools. But I <laughs> get the point. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But um, you get to a point, and then uh, where you have done all the planning, everything is on paper, and you know that you know where you're going, and then you're stuck because. You do not have the fiscal resources to continue. And um, sometimes I actually stop and think, have I spent a whole lifetime fundraising? And I tell myself, my job is not to fundraise. You know, my job is to run this business. And fundraising is supposed mm -hmm. to be just one of them. But um, if you do not take care, it has a way of... Um, sidetracking you and um how, i wonder how much care you can take because you can have the best of ideas if you cannot implement what what do you do you know and for those of us who had you know probably had successful careers before starting this um you keep asking yourself if I am going to stay a small business without scaling, then was it worth my leaving what I was doing to come and do this? Because with the amount of capacity that I have, this is not my level and I'm supposed to be moving, you know, um, stages ahead. So um, this fundraising thing makes it extremely frustrating. Um, it can be demoralizing. Um, in my personal case, you know, I've done masterclass after masterclass as to how to uh, present yourself and how to package yourself and all of that. And uh, I still realize that um, as an African woman entrepreneur, uh, you're kind of put into a certain box. Mm. As strong as you may be and as much of a fighter as you may be, uh, I can be that fighter probably in marketing where nobody can hold me back. No matter how tough it is, I'll bootstrap and do it. But um, it gets to funding and the barriers are there. I mean, I have a, a lot of 
very funny stories. Some of them can move from funny into horror stories. You know, some of them have um, put me into tears. Some of them right. have left me called in fetal position on my bed for days, wondering what to do next. But um, I guess it's all part of the package and it's part of the hurdles that every entrepreneur, male or female, especially female, is going to have to overcome to be able to get to the top. Yeah. So, so drilling down a little bit into that. So, you know, you've done it, done it all, as you said, you know, all of those stories, fetal position, um, being, you know, having all of the various, um, reactions, angel investing, pitching, um, can you sort of explain to me, what the, what that sort of what are the what's the process like for preparing for that i wonder if you can get to a stage where you can you are all fully prepared for fundraising except you're a multinational where you can call the shots and decide you know what terms you want because the people want you so badly but for businesses like ours first thing is um for most businesses for most small businesses and startups, you're going to burn your finger somewhere. First thing, most people do, and I did. And uh, when you do, it's a very depressive and frightening stage. And um, as much as you have a lot to show in terms of what you've been able to achieve, you know, you are kind of treated like a leper when you go talking to a uh, 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 agencies and uh, uh, that have funding as and I cannot understand that because for most of them they have dealt with people who have bailed, uh, uh, bent their fingers and once they have character they are able to recover and and bloom but in our particular circumstances um, I haven't seen that uh, once or twice I've been able to like smoothly raise funds. And even when that has happened, um, um, your budget gets so cut that when you receive it, you are hardly ever able to do that. I can talk about a particular instance where I got um, um, approved for funding for um, equipment and working capital. The condition was that you um, set you a purchase you acquire the equipment, install, and have them inspect, and then the rest will be released. I did all of this and did more than what I had requested and expected whoever was involved to clap for me and say, whoa, you know, you are one of the best models. We saw that you invested everything very wisely. Here is the rest and more. But no, Lydia, no, that was not what happened. Mm. That was not what happened. The other part was withheld until today has been withheld. And then they are on your tail asking you to pay off when you do not have working capital. Let's put it side by side, uh, connected, less experienced person with less track record and probably even less character in terms of you know, being honest and um, doing what they're supposed to do. That person walks in with a breeze and they pick up you know, 
tons and multiples of what you were being, you know, uh, um, uh, your face was being brushed for. And that's, you know, it's something I can never understand. It's something I can never get to terms with. I actually can say that there was a time I got to a point where I was like, you know what, just forget about this fundraising thing. Let me just stay a um, little, let me revolve exactly what I have and have my peace. You know, I'm not going to um, die trying to raise funds. I'm not going right. to spend my lifetime raising funds. My business is not fundraising, you know, it's um, production mm -hmm. and marketing. However, like I said before, what are you, what business do I have? You know, staying at the mediocre stage when I know that the world is mine to take and that if I do, I'm not going alone. I'm taking so many people along with me. And also that I'm very qualified for whatever is available. So why are the doors being closed? And it's a question I still am looking for answers. So I guess that leads us to then ask, um, considering the story you just told, how do you maintain your resilience? Like, what is it that keeps you going despite all of the challenges and the odds? Is it just the idea of the people that you serve who benefit from the business that you do, that, you know, you're, you know what you're offering is so valuable to the market, to the world? Like, what is it that keeps you going? What keeps you resilient? So it gets to a point where uh, passion is not enough. It gets to a point where even your resilience starts fading. But um, at the end of the day, it's a number of things. First of all, um, you look at what you've invested and then you know that, look, my wealth is just hanging on that tree. And if I hang on just a little bit, I should be able to pluck it. So you cannot walk away every time you meet a challenge and start all over. You're never going to get anywhere. So that is one of the things that keeps you going. The other thing is you look at the hunger and appetite for what you've created. And then you think of all the blood, sweat, and tears that went into it. And then you're like, whoa, I have this amazing, you know, you know, there, there's a difference between creating a product and creating a brand. So when you have that high net worth brand um, coupled with um, a lot of um, 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 partnerships, a lot of opportunities, and with your mind's eye, your hand can almost touch that invisible thing then as many times as you say, this is it, and look, I'm going back to my corporate world or I'm going to be a kept housewife or whatever, um, as many times as you think that way, um, the, the dream also comes back. And um, one of the biggest also is looking at things like your employees, like the people you impact, um, like, you know, te technically is the value you've built and mm. the investments you've made, you know, both tangible and intangible. And 
also the excitement of, you know, new ideas. Actually, I think a lot of the times it's when you get so angry, you want to walk, walk out, when some very new, uh, exciting, creative thing drops, and then you're like, oh, I'm, I cannot walk away from this. So <laughs> I don't know whether it's an addiction. I do not know if this is an addiction or it's a rational decision to know that, you know, in spite of all the challenges, you have something really good. And uh, uh, he who runs away from the fight left to fight another day. So it's not the time to run away from it. So you just keep going. Sometimes, I, I, especially talking in terms of funding, there have been times when I have taken um, what you can call Shylock loans, knowing mm. that I'm technically working for that microfinance company or that individual who gave me that whatever unrealistic rates, knowing that, you know, this is just to keep me afloat, you know, until the break comes. But also a lot of times um, I have told myself, you know what, there's going to get a time where probably somebody is going to place such a good order and probably prepay me and that will seize all the cash flow issues and it will make all the years of waiting um, um, worth it. So it's a bit of reason, it's a bit of emotion, it's a bit of hope. Um, yeah, it's a bit of like look, looking at the bigger picture. And those are the things that like eventually would keep you hanging on until you make the break. Wow, there's just so many pearls of wisdom there <laughs> um, that you could just apply to just, you know, ordinary life. But um, but thank you. Um, so you mentioned personal relationships. And I think the the one that, you know, I, I know of and the one that um, I think has lasted almost a decade is um, with Finlayo Alabi of Shea Radiance. And, you know, the, the two of you sort of represent, you know, two distinct businesses, two distinct brands on two different continents um, that make up this one amazing supply chain. And, you know, I, I just have, you know, questions about how that works and, you know, how that personal relationship has, has supported you, um, has supported your business and has supported, um, you know, your ability to scale and finance your business. Who? Cool. One of the beautiful perks of this job, Lydia, is that I get to meet people like you, is that I get to meet people like Michelle. Oh. You get it? Um, yeah. that I get to meet amazing people all over the world I may not have met if I sat in a little comfortable desk in some corner. So it's one of the best perks. And um, in the process of doing this i've met so many of such uh you know people like eugenia yeah. you know uh, um have been like a lifetime of you know mentoring and all of that it turns out that when you meet the crowd you're definitely going to pick one that you can get intimate with and um that is what happened with me and Folayo of share radiance it's one of the best models of cooperation that I hope other businesses and especially women businesses can look at and do for success. 
I happened to meet Fumi more than 10 years ago, I think 11 or 12 years ago, at a, the Global Share Conference. And it is because of her and Eugenia that I do not miss any share conference because I tell myself that if out of the number of times I go, um, I meet just one or two of such solid networks, it is worth my while. And over the years, this um, relationship has blossomed into something that goes way beyond partnership. Yeah. We have become um, sisters. We are friends. We are family. We are business partners who um, meet either in person from time to time or over the phone and brainstorm. And when we start brainstorming, there's no stop. You know, the synergy is just there. We just kind of like think alike and understand each other. And I think what has made this possible is the fact that we understand that together is stronger than alone. And so we have delved deep into each other's lives. Uh, we have shared tips. We have celebrated successes and we have um, cried on each other's shoulders. And we have jumped many uh, times on hopes that have ended up being false. But the bottom line is that we've ended up working together. And this is, uh, creates one of the platforms which, of which I mentioned in terms of what gives you the hope to continue doing because um, I am in Africa. I have advantages of being here. I have direct access, you know, to some raw materials and things that she does not have access to. She is on in America, on the other parts of the uh, Atlantic. And she also has the advantage of presence there and being able to deal directly with the markets and also having an outfit that is very well steeped, you know, strongly in terms of um, technical information. So what do we do? We just share. Yeah. And that's, it's like two kids sharing their candy. <laughs> and that, that has worked for us. And we just keep blossoming and blossoming and blossoming. You know, like I remember the first time I came to Maryland uh, and I was surprised she invited me to stay over at her place. Because most people who think, quote-unquote, are competitors don't want you a foot closed in case you get to see what they are doing, you know. And um, I remember us walking together at that time through certain outlets and dreaming about, you know, taking shelf space in those outlets together in future. And Lydia, you know that today we are doing that. Exactly. And as we speak, we are actually expanding where that is concerned. And um, I, I, I wish that many will see people in the industry, you know, as people they, 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 they can grow up with. It's actually the same with Eugenia, you know. She passes on opportunities and she is like a matriarch to all of us. Um, for me, it, it's, it's too joyful a thing to happen in the midst of all the challenges that one 
uh, meat doing business. So it just so happens that um, both of us, I mean, Share Radiance and myself, we are not ashamed to admit anywhere that we are working together. Actually, we are proud, you know, to let people know that, look, my partner on the other side um, sorts this out and does this and does that and does that. And she um, is actually like making sure everywhere she goes and she's documenting that, look, there's somebody in Africa called Francesca. She has a team and um, her team is working to make sure that my team on my end is able to get the best things and together we can go to market. Together we can um, hold each other's hands and also do a few fun things and sister things and girly things. And I mean, how much more can we ask for? Indeed. Indeed. Not much more than that. Wow, Francesca, this was very powerful. You've given us so much information, so much to think about, so many nuggets of wisdom around um, starting and learning and being resilient and sisterhood and partnership. Um, just so much. And we thank you so much for you know, allocating this time to be on the show and share your knowledge and your wisdom and more importantly, your inspiration with our listeners and with us. And we thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies. Always a pleasure to speak to you. And um, just to say also that um, I have learned a lot from you. Um, I've picked a lot of inspiration from you. And um, I guess that if we continue doing this, we can all in our very, very tiny, tiny, tiny ways make the world a better place. Amen to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much, Francesca. Thank you, ladies. All right. Talk Bye. to you soon. What a great interview with Francesca. Indeed. She, she was just, to borrow Lydia's favorite term, a powerhouse. <laughs> I know, I use that a lot, but it, it's appropriate. It applies, it applies. Very much so in this case. Uh, dropped lots of gems and pearls of wisdom. And I really enjoyed when she talked about, you know, as an entrepreneur, I've learned that a lot is possible. And you have to learn that lesson and also believe it in order to succeed as an entrepreneur. But what really got me, um, what she mentioned in terms of how she had um, sort of maintained her resiliency and steadfastness in the face of challenges and accessing capital to grow was when she said that, what business do I have staying at the mediocre stage when I know that the world is mine to take and that if I do, I am not going alone. I am taking so many people with me and also that I am very qualified for what is available and why are the doors, the doors closed? And that is really the purpose of this platform is to ask those questions about why are the doors closed to women who are as amazing as Francesca is that brings all of the wealth of knowledge and experience and guts to what she's doing and still facing so many difficulties accessing capital to grow and scale her business. Indeed. I think that Francesca's story is really the example of somebody who understands her local market, understands, you know, just the grassroots uh, 
issues that are that are affecting the Shea space. And she's taken that and she's grown it into an international platform. She's you know done pitch and competitions all over the world. She's spoken all over the world. She's taught in different countries, and yet you know the challenges remain. And, you know, but the resilience remains. And so I think that it was just a great example of the tenacity that it takes and just her being very candid about, you know, having second, second guessing whether it's, um, you know, moving forward is the right approach, but moving forward anyway. And I think that that's just a really good mantle to encourage and inspire everybody who's thinking about entrepreneurship as a, as a life choice. So Great episode. Really enjoyed it. So Lydia, tell us where we can find um, Francesca. So Francesca can be found at Beauty Secrets USA. That's her website. Her Instagram is Beauty Secrets USA as well. And her Facebook is Beauty Secrets Africa. So um, she can be found in all of those places. Amazing products. Please, you know, check her out. And um, we can be found (laughs) at where is the funding podcast on Instagram and um, on Google Play, uh, Spotify and where you listen and download all your podcasts. So don't forget to like, subscribe, rate Um, And we look forward to hearing from you. Until next time. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.